Yes, people, and welcome to episode 21 of the Training Level Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Boxman. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dave, from Boxing's First. We had a week off last week, and we're a little bit late recording. My, my apologies for that, Dave, but um, this is a big one, ain't it? Hey, I am like a kid at Christmas. How many consecutive weeks have we... This podcast has just been full of negativity, especially two weeks ago. It was almost the lowest we've been with with the drug nonsense, with Holyfield fighting, and you're sort of looking for a, a, a crack of light in the darkness, and this is it. I'm like a kid at Christmas. I've got people at work who don't even watch boxing just wishing I'd shut the fuck up because it's all I've talked about. It's all I've wanted to talk about. This is the biggest br- fight on British soil since you're talking, what, AJ Vlad or Groves Frotch 2? It's massive. And even the people that hate me talking about it at work are going to end up watching it now because it's just so easy to get drawn in. AJ is fantastic in the ring. He's he's value for money. We know he's got vulnerabilities and we know what music is about. There's just so many questions that are going to be answered on the night. I just I just can't wait now. It needs to be fight night. Yeah, you're right, Dave. I, I can't think of the, the amount of conversations I've had over the past week with people I don't really speak boxing with about this fight. It, yeah. It's just like you said, when, when Anthony Joshua fights, it brings out more people and they start talking about boxing and so on. Maybe you didn't even expect to even know anything about boxing. <laughs> and we could call them casuals, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's a good thing if, if people are watching boxing and yeah, talking without, about it. Yeah. Can't complain about it. So, Dave, we're, we're going to get straight in with the big fight. And and before going into the actual fight and how we think it's going to go and so on, I want to look at the individual fighters. We're going to look at Anthony Joshua. We're going to look at Alexander Usyk. And we're going to have a little look through their careers so far um, and, and try and break a few things down. So we'll, we'll start with Anthony Joshua, Dave. And a lot is said about his resume. Of course, he's, he's not fought Deontay Wilder yet. He's not fought Tyson Fury yet. We hope we see him fight both of those. Whether he will, we, we just don't know. I'd be surprised if he fought both of them, but who knows? And, and we can always hope for the best. But in terms of his resume, Dave, what do you think are his three best wins? Three best wins... You've got to say Ruiz rematch. That first Ruiz fight, that could have been the start of the downfall for Joshua. We'd seen previously that he he had vulnerabilities. With, you know, people questioning his engine. I know people question his chin, but he's a fucking heavyweight. They, they hit hard. But sometimes fighters who have gone undefeated for so long and they get to the top where he was, and then suddenly they're losing that fashion. That was a bad, bad defeat. He didn't just get knocked down. He, he continued to try and fight. You can't question Joshua's heart, but he just continued to, to take that beating. And it, it was difficult to watch at times because, you know, I, people know that I probably favour Tyson. Well, I definitely favour Tyson Fury in a fight with Joshua, but that doesn't make me a Fury fan and I hate Joshua. There's too many people who think like that. I like Joshua. He's far more entertaining than Fury. And seeing him in the ring like that, you're thinking this could be the end for him because... It's such a devastating loss, but he didn't. He, he took it on his chest and he was quite a humbling defeat, which was good to see. And he went out there and he faced his demons again straight away, which you've got to credit the man for. He could have hidden away and took a couple of easier fights, a couple of. And, and people would have forgiven him for that because it, it's what fighters tend to do if they suffer a shock defeat like that. And people were saying that that's what he should do, but he, he just ignored everybody. Now, the performance, people call it a boxing masterclass. Didn't quite see it like that. I thought he was quite hesitant. I think, obviously, the nightmares of the previous meeting was still there. But he, he got the job done, and, and, he, and he, he won them belts. He didn't have to go straight back in there with Ruiz, so I was really impressed that night. And he, he tells you a lot about Anthony Joshua. He's not just there to be the big money man. He wants this legacy and he, he wants this undisputed. He talks about it time and time again. And he proved that night that, yeah, you can beat me once, but beat me twice and, and you're the better man. And, and, and obviously Ruiz couldn't do that. Obviously, the big one is Vladimir. The Vladimir fight for me was just incredible. He went in there. People talk about Vladimir being washed. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't a prime. He, he was an older Klitschko, but Klitschko had been beat by Fury a couple of years earlier. And Klitschko was a 10-year champion at that point. It was almost a decade long. He was he was just going nowhere. Fury dethroned him. Now, people use that against Joshua, but for me, that could be a massive positive in Joshua's win because 
Klitschko had, had never been in that position. He had nothing to lose. He was a dangerous man. He he coasted this 10-year career of, maybe coasted is the wrong word, but he was just so dominant for 10 years. He'd never been up against anybody where you thought he's going to beat Klitschko. And now he's suddenly in a completely different situation. He's hungry, he's got the fire back, and he's got a point to prove. So he was still a dangerous operator in there. People who try and downplay that victory for Joshua are just, just fucking stupid, in my opinion, because that was still a dangerous Klitschko. There wasn't many other heavyweights, other than maybe the top two or three, who could have beat Klitschko that night. And he overcame adversity in that fight. He knocked Vlad down in round five. I remember watching this fight to this day. I was with my brother. I was watching it and he knocked Vlad down. And I, you look across at Joshua in that corner and he's hanging on for dear life onto them top turn because he's knackered. And you're thinking you're knackered against the wrong man here. Vlad is a finisher. People remember Vlad for being a, a long range fire, but the man could finish. And Joshua's hanging out of his ass. He's he's keeping himself up on the top ropes. And exactly that happens. Vlad knocks him down in the next round. And you're thinking, he's going to lose. He's lost it. Yeah? You, you're not surviving a Vlad onslaught. No chance. But he got his second strength. He kept his head about him. And he overcame that adversity. And that is so hard to do, especially in the Everweight division against a, a, an operator like Klitschko. He's just fucking unbelievable, in my opinion. He looked out of it. He came back round and he stopped Klitschko. Unbelievable performance. Was it as technically great as Fury's dominance over, Fu uh, over Vlad? No. Was it more entertaining? Was it more explosive? Was it at edgiest heat stuff? Fucking damn right it was. It was a brilliant fight. Uh, the third, I'd have to go Dillian White. I believe this was a step up. The, the first real marker in his career, his landmark for Joshua. Obviously, we didn't know too much about Dillian at the time. We knew that they'd had previous in the amateurs and Dillian had come out on top. But there was a lot of pressure on AJ to perform that night. There was a lot of pressure on him beforehand because White riled him up. He, he got under his skin. And we've since learned that Dillian White is not a mug. He's, you know, he's a fucking top operator himself. So to beat him in the fashion he did, probably only Povetkin done it since in that devastating fashion. And for AJ to do it at that time, all the pressure was on him, the spotlights were on him. He could have crumbled. He didn't. He showed that he's a fucking true warrior and it's got him to the to the position he is today, which is right at the top of them heavyweight rankings. So for me, them three fights were just unbelievable fights. Yeah, it's an interesting question, Dave. Of course, when you ask that question to anyone, Klitschko is going to be the first yeah. name that comes to mind. And like you said, look, it wasn't Klitschko at his absolute best in his prime, but that was a good version, a very good version of Vladimir Klitschko in the ring that night. And of course, he had to come through adversity, real adversity for the first time and in front of a huge crowd. And he's got the job done there. So that one's always going to be at the top uh, when asking this question at this point. Uh, but, yeah, Ruiz, that has to be in the top three for me. Like you said, he, he suffered a bad defeat there. Most people could shy away from that rematch. We spoke about it a few weeks back, David, Warrington and Lara getting yeah. straight back in there. And I think one of the main reasons Warrington wanted to get back in there with Lara was because he see AJ do it against Ruiz. And that gave him a little bit of inspiration to go in and do yeah. it. And, of course, we didn't get to find out whether... That was a brave or stupid decision from him with the fight ending so soon. But yeah, for Joshua, that 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 has to be one of his best wins. Changing up the game plan, coming in there and obviously regaining those titles, which listen, it was shit or bust for him at that point. If he loses that and he gets beat by Ruiz again, where does he go from there? Does he drop drop back down to fighting different level of fighters. He, he just couldn't see him doing that. He's such a big star. So, yeah, it was huge for him. And the amount of pressure that was on him was ridiculous. So, yeah. it's got to be those two. And the third one's a tricky one. You said Dillian White. And, of course, it was it was at a time in their careers where both were looking to, to get onto the world stage and so yeah. on. But, yeah, listen, the way he stopped him, completely agree with you, it's a devastating stoppage. He had to come with a little bit of adversity in that one. He, he got wobbled a little bit yeah, and so yeah. on. But he, he looked in control most of that fight. And, it, listen, I didn't feel at any point like Dillian White was going to win that fight. And I'm of the, of the opinion, and I've said it many times, I think if Joshua and White fought again, it's going to be the same outcome yeah. in, my, in, in my opinion. But, listen, others will think differently. Uh, but listen, it's a good win for him. It's earlier in their careers. So you could you could argue a few others. Pavekin's still a good yeah. win at the time he fought him. 
everyone knows Povetkin was again a little bit older, not not in his prime years, but no one had stopped him up at that point, and obviously becoming the first man to stop him. And again, he had to come for a few rough moments in that fight as well. So that one's got to come into it. See Parker being a unification fight. We haven't seen many um, unification fights uh, in the heavyweight division for the last few years. That's for sure. So that one's got to be thrown in there as well. So listen, it's it's a good resume. It's a strong resume, and and adding Usyk to that is only going to make it stronger. So Dave, if he beats Usyk, where do you think that sits on that list in terms of his resume? One, two, three. Where would you place it? I've got to go number one. I really have. And we'll talk about Usyk shortly and what he's achieved in his career. Now, what people who want to downplay the achievement will say is Usyk's just a blown-up cruiserweight. I'm not having that. If you've got in there and you survived the fucking madman that is Derek Chisoru, who just gave everything he's got, he's proven that he's more than capable of taking the weight, the size of a heavyweight. Now, Joshua's not going to fight in the same way that Chisora fought him, of course, no. But if you're looking for, is the weight a problem? Derek Chisora is a big, big, he's a big, heavy man, and he and he just thundered towards Yuzik uh, all night. So for me, it's not a question. He does belong in the heavyweight division. So as we said earlier, Vlad is still a, a, tech, a solid operator at that time. Ruiz too was good, and there's questions over what Ruiz's ceiling is. Was he just? Was that just his night the first time round? Was he, is that his ceiling? Is he never going to get up there again? Music's proven. He's a brilliant fighter. He's technically unbelievable. His combinations are solid. His footwork's brilliant. He's got a solid chin. He can bang. He, he's got everything. And he's he's definitely in his prime now. All right, he's 34, 35. But what is he, 18 fights in? He's not an old 34-year-old heavyweight. He, he, he's, he's as prime as he come for me. So it's got to be up there as number one. In, in Joshua's resume, should he win this weekend? Yeah, Dave, I, I put this out on Twitter last week or recently, anyway, the week before maybe, but yeah, a lot of people were coming back and replying with they think it would be his number one win as well, based on the fact that, of course, when he fought the likes of Vlad, when he fought Povetkin and so on, they was they was edging towards the, the older ages and all. You know, it was in the back end of their careers, and I think, I'm not too sure, how, how was Vlad, was he 40 going into that fight? For Victor, yeah, I think he's 39 or so on as well. So, yeah, look, they're older fighters. And Usyk's a man in, like you said, his prime years. He's on a brilliant run. He's obviously still unbeaten. So it, it's going to be a great win if he gets it. Yes, like you said, Usyk's best fights so far have been at cruiserweight. Um, but, listen, we're going to see him in his first proper heavyweight test. And, listen, he, he's going to show people that, he is a quality fighter, heavyweight or cruiserweight, regardless of that. So, it, it, listen, if Joshua gets the win there, it's going to be right up there. Some might put it below the Klitschko win. Not going to have any arguments for people that do that, but yeah. it's going to be in his top two best wins. And, listen, like I said, it's only going to make his resume stronger. And that brings me on to my next question, Dave. Fighting the likes of Klitschko, Usyk, Povetkin, Dillian White, Joseph Parker, so on, um, Andy Ruiz, of course. Does he have the strongest or the best resume in the heavyweight division, Andy Joshua? Yeah, by far and above for me, by far and above. And I think that's partly down to Tyson Fury's two years out. I think that's played a massive part. That obviously derailed Tyson Fury's career. And, and I'm not making no excuses for him. We know why he was out, and, and that's down to him. But Tyson Fury had just beat Vlad. He was about to rematch Vlad, and it could very much have been Tyson Fury undisputed not long after that, had he got the Wilder fight. But th that wasn't to be, and Fury can only blame himself for that. Before that, to, the names on Fury's resume, it's got the Shizoras, the likes of them people. It's, there's nothing amazing on there. Whereas Joshua's for consistently top-level contenders. He's consistently done it. Yeah, Fury's come back, and he's beat Vlad, a better version of Vlad. And he's beat Deontay Wilder, a long-reigning champion. He dethroned the two longest-reigning champions of, of for many a year. But that, he's got those two solid wins, and, and on paper, they're better than any two of Joshua's wins. But when you combine the full resume of each fighter, Joshua and Fury, by far and away, Joshua's got the much better resume. It's, it's, it's day and night ahead of Tyson Fury for me. 
Yeah, I've got to agree, Dave. And this one you see on social media, people going back and forth on this one. And obviously the the Wilder fans, they, they, they're going to try and big up his resume, the fact that he's fought Fury a few times, the fact that he's fought Ortiz a few times. And the Fury fans are going to do the same. He's two times so far. He, he's fought Wilder. Um, of course, like you mentioned, the, the Chisora wins, the, the Vladimir Klitschko win before Joshua had beaten him. So they're going to stake that claim as well. But I think when you look at it as a whole um, and you look at the, the type of fighters Joshua is for, I think you've got to say Joshua at the moment has the best. And fighting Usyk as well is going gonna, is gonna to add to that. And of course, Fury and Wilder are going to add to theirs with the third fight if if. We hope that they fight in a few weeks' time. Um, we won't go into that right now. Let's hope that's the case. So, yeah, it's a strong resume. And like I said, it can only get stronger fighting someone like Alexander Usyk. Uh, so, Dave, you mentioned it You mentioned it um, just a bit earlier um, about Joshua's chin. And, of course, losing to Ruiz in that fashion, um, being dropped by Vladimir Klitschko, I mentioned being wobbled by Dillian White. People make too much of being wobbled by fighters. We we hear it all the time now. If I gets yeah. wobbled and it's almost like they lost the fight, it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous what you hear about it. We heard it with Haney and Linares, yeah. and, and we look at it as a whole. That that Haney win over Linares was pretty comfortable most of it, Dave. Yes, yeah. he had a he had very wobbly moments at the end and he had to hold on a fair bit, but come on. Let's be serious now. Wobbling of fighters, it, it happens. It is what it is. It's boxing. You're going to get hit. Sometimes it is going to be tough to take the hit, but you come through it. And at the end of the day, on a few of those occasions, Joshua managed to come through it. He he got up from that Vlad Klitschko right hand. And let's be honest, not too many people get up from those. And he caught him flush. Let's be honest, Dave. Not many are taking that and staying on their feet. That was the first moment in terms of when people started to say Joshua's got a glass chin. Probably not the best example to use uh, when you're trying to make that point. And of course, uh, we're talking about the Dillian White one. We had a little bit of a wobble, but it came back, stopped Dillian White. So brush that one aside. That means absolutely nothing. Um, and then, of course, came Andy Ruiz. Um, and listen, again, we, we won't call it a lucky punch because that's ridiculous. It's not a lucky punch, but it's a bloody good punch that caught him off guard. And he just couldn't recover from that. And people talk about the heart and they say he quit and so on. But how many times did he get up, get up <laughs> off the canvas in that fight, Dave? He kept getting up. And in the end, he didn't have enough left to even go on. And the, the referee did that job for him. They took it away for, for him. Whether he wanted to go on or not is another story. But he kept getting up and trying to get on with that fight. And let's be honest, after that first knockdown, that wasn't the case of his chin. He just could not get himself back together after that. And like I said, Dave, that was it was it was some shot. It was the almost the perfect shot that Ruiz caught him with. And of course, Joshua could have avoided that. And we know being a good finisher, we'd have the famous line when once he's knocked him down and he's going after him, and you hear watch this, Joshua is a ferocious finisher. And, and and let's be honest, he is. But at that moment in time, he got real jinxed there. I think it was, yeah. Ma was it Macklin that said it? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, let's be honest. But Joshua is a good finisher. We know that. But yeah, at that moment in time, he was probably shocked that Ruiz got up himself because Ruiz took a big knockdown there. And he yeah. got up and he was swinging, looking to get him out there. And of course, then he caught him with that shot. But in terms of his chin, Dave, it's, it's the heavyweight division. You take a big shot from a big heavyweight, <laughs> a lot of people are going down. And we've seen some of the greatest heavyweights of all time, and I'm not putting Joshua in the same category as that, but we've seen some of the greatest heavyweights of all time knocked down. Does Joshua have a weak chin, Dave? I don't believe he's got a weak chin, no. You're like you just mentioned, though. You're taking you're the biggest division in boxing, the heaviest division in boxing, and he's fighting at the very fucking pinnacle of it. These people can knock you out, but I don't think he helps himself. He, he fights in a way, not so much anymore. I think post Vlad and definitely post Ruiz, he's sort of backed off. But he's got a fucking dog in him and he loves a scrap. And if you go in there with that mentality and you like to have a go, there's a good chance you're going to take a shot. And when you take a shot of a big man, there's a good chance he's going to make your legs do a little dance because that's the heavyweight division. So I don't believe, no, that he's got... Uh, uh, a bad chin. Would Fury have took the same shot? Fury got dropped off Steve Cunningham, but Fury's some, some are credited with his great chin. Fury's not got a great chin compared to Joshua. He's got he's just more technically savvy. He's more defensively savvy. He's a bit more elusive. Them shots will drop anybody, let me tell you that, because he's a big fucking man. So, no, I, I think 
my issue with Joshua as, as being his engine, I've always said this, and you, you get your hardcore Joshua fans who have argued with me on social media about it, and, but it's my opinion. I, I do believe in the past he's shown that he can't fight at a constant, competitive, fast pace for a duration of a fight. And sometimes when he's had people hurt, like Vlad, when he's had people hurt like Ruiz and Dillian White, he's blown his load, he's gone in, and he's given everything he's got. Because like you say, the man's an incredible finisher. Look at some of the knockouts we've had. Look at that Vlad one, that uppercut. Look at turn him into a fucking giraffe. He was an incredible stoppage. But some, if you can survive that onslaught, that initial onslaught, which isn't easy, Joshua tends to gas. And I think that his team know it. I think that he knows it. And I think that that's why we see the version of Joshua we see today where he's he's not so gung-ho. He, he's much more educated of when he applies pressure, for how long he applies pressure, and when to back off and to just, let's take our time here. We've seen it in Pulev. And even the commentators said, why is he backed off him? We know why he's backed off him, because he's very prone to gassing out if he fights a good pace for too long. So at least he's recognised that and he's made changes around that. But as his chin, no, he hasn't got a bad chin, not whatsoever. Yeah, you make a good point, uh, good point there, Dave. He's definitely adapted his style since since that Klitschko knockdown, as we know. It, it, and, and you're right in saying about the, the gas tank and so on. And it's clear to see someone his size, naturally, if you're fighting at a fast pace for long periods of time, you're going to get that. You can't possibly keep going. Otherwise, questions are going to be asked, Dave. Questions yeah. are going to be asked. <laughs> and listen, some people already do ask simple questions about Joshua. But listen, yeah, if, if he had the gas tank to keep fighting at that sort of pace for 12 rounds, then that would just be, it, it, it wouldn't be human, let's be honest, Dave. So, yeah, he does get out if he doesn't get his man out early but like you said he, he's adapted he's being a little bit more patient now we see it in the Pulev fight um and it's going to be interesting to see his tactics against Usyk and I think they're going to be very similar to to the Pulev fight and we're going to be talking about uh, obviously how we see it going in uh in a little while but yeah you make a great point about the gas tank and and the way he's adapted and changed his game and so on but yeah listen it's the heavyweight division as we said Dave fighters are going to get knocked down some fighters, if they're, they're, they're big muscle-bound fighters, they're not going to have the gas tank to be throwing punches consistently for 12 rounds. So it is what it is. Uh, but let, let's talk about Usyk now, Dave. Uh, of course, as we mentioned, the best work he's done has been at Cruiserweight at the moment. Um, he could possibly outdo that by beating the likes of Joshua at heavyweight. But let's talk about his resume now. When we look at his resume, and it looks ridiculous when we look yeah. at his Cruiserweight resume, Dave. Of beating the likes of Huck, Hunter, uh, Glavaski, uh, Bradius, Gassiev, and then obviously winning the WBSS title, beating Gassiev in the final, absolute masterclass of a performance. So we know Gassiev hits hard as well, absolutely scored him in that fight. And then the defense against Tony Bellew, knocking him out in such fashion over here. And then, of course, moving up to heavyweight with a spoon. Not a great performance. Got the win, first fight heavyweight. Chisora, people questioned the performance, but on a whole, it was a pretty comfortable win against Chisora. I hear people saying it could have been a draw. Chisora could have won. Could have won. Oh, listen, <laughs> that's absolute nonsense. Uh, Chisora didn't win that fight. Usyk won the fight. And listen, Chisora's no mug. He's a big natural heavyweight, and that's a good win for him. So, in terms of that resume, David, this is a tough question, and listen, I've even been trying to think about the answers to this, um, and I'll put this out um, on Twitter in the past as well, not particularly related to Usyk, but in terms of boxing in general. Boxing at the moment, now, we're going to speak about Manny Pacquiao just briefly um, in a moment. We don't know if he's retired yet, but if we were talking current fighters and resumes, Manny Pacquiao's name comes to the top of the list because you think of the level fight of fighters he's for Guerreras, Morales, obviously fighting the likes of Mayweather, not being successful, but the list goes on with him. Tim Bradley's, Marquez, etc. Um, then there's a big gap to the rest. But there are some strong resumes in you. People question Canelo's resume, but it's strong. The two triple G fights, whether you think he won them or not, those two strong uh, strong fights on the resume. He's obviously got a few different titles at different weights and so on then you've got the likes of josh taylor with a, a current resume that's going very well and of course Usyk. and there's a few names i don't want to answer this question for you Dave, but 
if Usyk doesn't have the best current resume in boxing, let's take Pacquiao out of the equation. Who does? And who even comes close to that resume? I think all those wins are on the road as well, Dave. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's incredible, and and you take Pacquiao away. Even if you didn't take Pacquiao away, if you go fight for fight, sixteen fights Usyk won is in his career. If you took Manny Pacquiao's first sixteen fights, doesn't even fucking touch Usyk. Now I know Usyk, he had a much more amateur career, obviously the Olympic gold and all that. So he came into the sport with already a foot ahead of everybody else. But it's still incredible what he's achieved. 16 fights to become undisputed in a division. And it wasn't a shit division. The Cruiserweight takes a bit of criticism over time that it's a sort of neither here nor there division. But I think more recently, it's sort of getting its own stars. You look at a calling now, obviously, Kowalski's still there, Gassiev, Brady, so still the men in them divisions. He is a solid division. He hasn't found the division that people say Canelo has gone to super middleweight because 160 and 175 was too hard to become undisputed. It. Music hasn't done that, and I'm not saying Canelo has, but uh, you know people are aiming that criticism at Canelo. That it was the easier division. That wasn't an easier division to fucking to become undisputed in. It's an incredible achievement. And then you go on and, and yeah, Witherspoon wasn't a great performance, but he, he got the job done. She's always just a big horrible lump to fight and since then he's done well against Parker so you know she's already was at a walkover I can't see anybody that that comes close technically skill wise you're looking anyway probably the better fighter but does his does his resume stand up to use it because I don't believe it does don't believe there's anybody out there that comes close especially when you take into consideration he only has 16 fights at cruiserweight he's only got two fights at heavyweight it's absolutely fantastic achievement yeah, it really is, Dave. A couple of other names, obviously, we can throw in. We're talking the older fighters, as you would expect. The likes of Chocolatito, strong yeah. resume, still going. Donaire, of course, still going. But I don't like to take away um, credit because of losses on their resume. A lot of Chocolatito's resume, myself being a big fan, I know he shouldn't have those losses on his resume. Other than the, the Rumbus Ikeo, which... <laughs> We can't we can't <laughs> deny that one. But the, the first run the side fight, for example, the, the last Estrada fight, Estrada fight, we know you know my feelings on that one. So yeah. listen, get, if he had those two wins, it would be very hard to argue against him with that resume. So there are some very strong resumes there, but Usyk's unbelievable. Like I said, Dave, that run at Cruiserweight, and of course on the road going into different countries and beating the home fighter, silencing the crowd and doing it in such a manner as well. Listen, we, we, we can't deny that that's an amazing resume. I think out of all those fights, Brady's probably pushed him the closest. That was probably the yeah. closest we've seen to Usyk losing a fight, uh, losing a fight. But still, he won the fight and I think he's just edged that one. But yeah, the Gassier fight again, I'll just go back to that. That's just an amazing performance in against the home fighter, like I said, in in, in front of a, a crowd that doesn't want him to win in a WBSS final. It's huge. It's an undisputed fight, and he's just put on an outstanding yeah. performance. And we've seen it time and time again with him. His engine is ridiculous. We see at the end of that fight, I love watching the 12th round back in that one because you just see the way he's still got so much left in that 12th round. And that's where it's going to be interesting to see if the Joshua fight does go late. Is he still going to have that engine against a big heavyweight? We're going to talk about this soon, Dave, but listen, it is an amazing resume. And we've mentioned, of course, it's it's mostly come at cruiserweight. We've seen the two heavyweight fights. So when we match him up with the greats from the past at cruiserweight, like you said, Dave, the cruiserweight division, it's not the glamorous division. It's not the division that people will talk about all-time greats. There's not many to come from the cruiserweight division. And when you look back at some of the cruiserweight division champions, some people have never heard of these guys. But a few guys do get a mention. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Evander Holyfield, of course. Yeah. And David Hay. <laughs> David Hay, Evander Holyfield, they're, they're the names that get mentioned alongside yeah. Alexander Usyk when it comes to the cruiserweight division. But just based on the body of work at Cruiserweight alone. Does, does anybody come close to what Usyk has achieved that in the division? No, I don't believe either of them do. Obviously, Holyfield gets gets the most praise because of what he went on to do at heavyweight as well. I think if Holyfield didn't achieve <laughs> heavyweight and he'd have stayed maybe at Cruiserweight, 
he wouldn't have got the praise because it was a dead division. There wasn't too much there. Hey, similar. He had his, you know, a few good fights at Cruiserweight, but it wasn't as busy as a competitive division as it was when Usyk dominated it. So, obviously, if you went for all-time greatness, Holyfield's going to be above him based on what he did at heavyweight. But if you just took the Cruiserweight careers alone, I think Usyk's far and away ahead of Hay and Holyfield for what he achieved at the 200-pound limit. It's just... It's mind-boggling. You can, you'll never fully fucking be able to take it on because of how quickly he did it, how devastatingly he did it, and he, he, he just carries on like it's nothing. He, he, I don't believe that he really gets the credit. Maybe he deserves, especially from over the pond. Maybe if he was an American fighter, he'd be, he'd be much more lauded over there. He'd be much more praised. But there'll be no questions at all from anybody if he can. A on Saturday night. If he can get his hand raised on Saturday night, I think everybody, you'd be a f- fool to try and take anything away from him. He's just an unbelievable fighter. Yeah, and it, listen, like you said, Dave, it would be a major achievement for him to go up and repeat the trick what the likes of Holyfield did. And of course, David Hay did it, but he he come up short when he fought the likes of Vladimir Klitschko. Yeah. Holyfield's done it, and he's beaten the likes of Tyson. <laughs> Riddick Bow and so on. So it's amazing what he went on to achieve. But I think, yeah, like you said, Dave, the body of work at Cruiserweight alone, it's hard to put anyone next to Usyk. Now, Holyfield would be the one you do. Yeah. Um, in terms of resume, Hay and Usyk, it's not even close. Usyk <laughs> absolutely smashes the pieces out of Hay's resume at Cruiserweight. But Hay was a quality heavyweight, uh, quality Cruiserweight fighter. And, and you matched him up, who knows? Could Hay beat Usyk? Who knows? That would be some fight. And... Most people would favour Usyk, and that's still a lot of people, though. There would be some that would that would think Hayes' power would be too much inside. It is a good fight to think about, but, yeah, in terms of resumes alone, Dave, that one's not even close. So, yeah, it is an unbelievable uh, unbelievable resume. So, Dave, obviously, we've seen Usyk in a few fights. I've just mentioned it briefly about how I felt those fights went and so on, but what have you made at Usyk at heavyweight so far? You obviously wasn't as convincing as he was at cruiserweight but it's a massive step for me coming up from that 200 pound limit to limitless it's a big step so with a spoon you can see he was dipping his toes in the water you could see he was testing himself out there and people criticize him for this for this performance and it wasn't massively a great performance but i suppose when you're as good as you've been at cruiserweight people expect to see the same so when they don't they're always going to criticize it but for me he never looked he never looked worried in that fight he never thought fucking hell use it's gonna have to go back down to cruiser because you know he struggled against witherspoon he never struggled he just didn't maybe perform as well as we'd expect him to witherspoon was never in that fight same in the Chisora bout. You can listen to Tony Bellew ringside yelling that his man's winning. And, you know, you know what Tony is like. He, he loves his, his friends and he always backs them and he'll never speak against them. But you watch that fight without that noise and you see the cute work that Yuzik's doing as Chisora's piling the pressure on and he's sticking it in that body. He's the much cleaner work. <coughs> he landed the better shots and... He wobbled Derek at one time as well, so that proves that at 200 pounds he, he does carry power as well at, at the heavyweight limit. So I, I wouldn't take too much. Do I think he's going to perform the same way against Joshua? No, I don't believe that at all. I think he's tested his his feet. He's gone in against Witherspoon as a tester, Chisora as a proven heavyweight, and now he's ready. He's ready for Joshua, and I don't think there's many more deserving fighters at the heavyweight limit to face anti Joshua. He's that good. So, no, I don't believe that he has an issue at heavyweight at all. Yeah, David, and, and Twitter, as you know, is rife with people that, that use the Chisora fight as a way of saying Anthony Joshua is going to absolutely annihilate him because <laughs> he struggled with Chisora, probably lost that fight, might have drawn it. Like I said, David, I just think that's ridiculous. It, listen, Chisora pushed him, and that's what you yeah. wanted. You're going into a tough heavyweight fight. There's not many people that have blasted Chisora out there. We know that. Um so it, it's ridiculous to to use that fight as a way of saying Joshua is going to beat him because of this. So people make too much of it for me. Like I said, there, there were still moments of brilliance from him. He's still got in there and he's done the job against a tough heavyweight. So I think I think this is a third fight for him at heavyweight. And of course, this is his biggest and toughest one. But 
I'm not making my prediction for this fight based on how I saw Usyk against <sighs> Witherspoon, a fight he was always going to win, or against Chisora, a fight where he was pushed and maybe some idiots out there, Dave was expecting him to go in there and blast Chisora out in three rounds. I don't know why they would think that. <laughs> maybe because he he, he blasted um, Belly you out there um, in, in six or so. But listen, yeah, it's ridiculous to make your prediction based on those two fights in particular. And you're going to see, and we're all going to see Usyk in his best, best condition going into this fight. Whether that's enough, that's another story, Dave. But you're going to see a good version or quality version of Usyk yeah. against Anthony Joshua. And, yeah, you, you can't make your prediction based off of that Chisora fight. That's just ridiculous, mate. But anyway, Dave, listen, the heavyweight division... We know it has frustrated us for years now, Dave. We've not seen an undisputed champion since Lennox Lewis when he beat Evander Holyfield. And I think that was 1999, Dave. So we're going back a number of years. And we all have our moments where, where we go out the heavyweight division. You've got a lot of fans who say they don't care about the division anymore. I'm not interested in watching these fights. But I think that's nonsense. With these two fights coming up, Joshua against Usyk, Deontay Wilder and, and Tyson Fury Fury doing it for a third time. And in the space of just a few weeks, two, three yeah. weeks, listen, that, that's good times for, for the heavyweight division. And we can't complain about that. But the big question is, Dave, now, if Usyk beats Joshua, we know there's going to be a rematch. He yeah. has a rematch clause. That's, that's going to happen. But if Anthony Joshua beats Usyk, regardless of what the outcome in the Fury-Wilder fight is, are we going to see Anthony Joshua against the winner of that fight, in your opinion? I think so. I think so. I'm hopeful. And I think I think we're at a point <coughs> now in in whoever wins, say it's AJ Fury, there's nowhere else for them two to really go. If they beat Yuzik and they beat Wilder, where did he go from there and expect to not be criticised? And I know that maybe... These fighters, well, it's not even the fighters, the promoters don't care about criticism. And we can see that over some of the cards that are coming up and we can see over the history of boxing. Obviously, promoters just care about putting the right show on to make them the most money. But I think there'll be enough of a public uproar for those fights to happen. Now, should it be AJ Wilder? We know that AJ's and Matt Trim have sent a contract over to Wilder before. Wilder's not going to give Fury another chance. Not a Wilder's fucking... There's a breath in his lungs. He will not give Fury another chance. There's too much bad blood there. He won't do it. So AJ's the, the natural next man, and I think Wilder will be more than confident <laughs> going across and even fighting over here or America and facing Joshua. I, I do believe that. And if Usyk wins, Usyk's proven that he doesn't back down from anybody. He's proven his cruiserweight run, and he's proven at heavyweights. The only thing that can stop this is politics, but I'm hoping that with enough pressure... From fight fans, we will see the fight. I'm hopeful, and I think we will. We will have to see it. If it, I can't. How can we not see it? A fight of that magnitude with that much on the line, we can't not see it, surely. Yeah, listen, if Joshua wins this fight on Saturday night, surely it's going to happen, as you say. Dave, whether it's next or not is another thing. You wouldn't be surprised if another few fights got thrown in there and, and they delayed it that little bit longer. You wouldn't be surprised if negotiation dragged on a little bit. That's what we expect, Dave. But next year, we would hope that we're going to get to see that fight. Obviously, if Joshua wins, if Usyk throws a spanner in the works, so be it. And boxing generally works like that, Dave. You, you, you couldn't be surprised if Usyk didn't, did go and throw the spanner in the works. When we thought we were getting closer and closer to Joshua Wilder, Ruiz coming through a spanner in the works, then obviously Fury and Wilder started their trilogy and so on as well. So listen, you wouldn't be surprised if it did happen, but... We want to see an undisputed title fight. I don't care how it happens, Dave. I, I don't care who's involved in it. I just want to see it happen. So yeah. let, let, let's hope that's the case. So let's see how that goes. If we do see an undisputed heavyweight fight, it will bring the attention back to that division. And to be honest, hopefully these two upcoming fights will bring the attention. I know people say, I'm not interested in Wilder Fury free. No one's really going to watch that bullshit. You're watching it. Hey, I can't wait for that Everyone's fight. watching that fight. Fucking people massive make a big thing about, fight. People make a big thing about ticket sales and who's an absolute shit. <laughs> Everyone is watching Joshua Houston. Everyone is watching Wilder and Fury free. If you're not watching so them stop, two fights. Stop acting like you're not. 
what the fuck are you watching? What are you watching? If you, th- th- exactly. That Fury Wilder 3 has got so many questions to answer. And the, the first one was close. I thought Fury took it. The second one obviously come with a shitload of allegations following it. And we've seen Deontay Wilder in his recent videos. He looks like he's making the right changes. I don't want to go too much into the fight because obviously we will cover it. But if you're not watching Fury Wilder, what the fucking hell are you watching? What are you watching? Hey, exactly, mate. Listen, and the same people will be on Twitter talking about the fight on the night. Yeah. Exactly, Dave. So it's absolute bollocks. Everyone wants to see those two fights. Yes, it's not Joshua against Wilder. Yes, it's not Joshua against Fury, but you've still got two quality fights there, Dave. And people will say Fury's going to go in and do the same thing again. You don't know that, no, Dave. No. It, it, boxing is not that predictable. And yes, we expect Fury to be the favourite going in after the second fight, but Listen, it, there's no guarantees here, and they're two exciting fights, regardless of what you want to say about them, Dave. And I'm looking forward to both, and I can't wait to see both and then see the outcome, and hopefully it all comes together from there. So, Dave, we, we're gonna look, we're gonna look at the actual fight, and we're gonna speak about the actual fight between Joshua and Usyk, how we think it's gonna go, and so on in a moment. But before we do that, let's just mention a couple of things outside of that. Um, although this this podcast is mainly dedicated to to that fight, with it being such a big fight. But um, let's talk Canelo, Caleb Plant. Um, a lot of people, again, like like we just said about Fury and Wilder, there, a lot of people said they're not really that hyped about this fight. Canelo's going to go in there. He's going to knock him out. It's going to be an easy fight. Plant's not going to test him. But, Dave, did you see the presser? Because things got a bit spicy there, didn't they? Unbelievable. And it just goes to show the power of when something like this happens, Twitter just complete... This is anti-Joshua fight week against Alexander Juzic, undisputed <laughs> against Unified. And everything turned to fucking Canelo and Plant. And I didn't see it live. But you couldn't not see it if you was on Twitter between sort of 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock last night because it was everywhere. So, of course, you might not be switched. You might not think the fight's the most competitive. But you've got champion versus champion. We know why Canelo's took this fight. And I don't ever think you can truly 100% write off an undefeated fighter. You, you've got your logic as to why you think Canelo would win. And I'm in the same camp. I do honestly think Canelo's going to do it. But he's an undefeated champion. So I think it's still a decent enough fight. And it's, it's the first, you know, it's history-making, first undisputed super middleweight champion. But that last night just added another 2 million in pay-per-view buys. buys. It blew up massive and... People are saying, is it is was it set up? I don't believe it was. I think there's general, genuine bad blood there. I think they fucking hate the sight of each other and they're ready to go on. Is it December, November? November? They'll be ready to go. And, and I love shit like that. That just blows the fight through. And it gets everybody talking. I'm talking about the casuals that are talking about AJ and Yuzik, who wouldn't normally. They'll start talking about this fight because it just spreads from there. It gets shared that much that people just have a genuine interest. Like, you want to see that. You don't want to see two fighters going in, best mate, shaking hands and, and all that. Of course, it's a sport and you have respect for each other. But a bit of blood, bad blood just just... It, it adds 20% to the fight for me. It just makes it that much more interesting. Of course it does, Dave. Listen, and, and if anyone was smiling at that point, it would be the executives at Showtime. <laughs> listen, that, that's adding a lot of money onto the coffers of that fight, that's for sure, Dave. But a couple of things that I like to see from that, Dave. I, I like this angry English-speaking Canelo. <laughs> it, it's good to see because in the past, that when, when obviously, listen, this is nothing against, obviously, him speaking his native language and so on, but we want to hear what he's saying. We want to yeah. see if his feathers are getting ruffled and so on. And, of course, listen, Plant don't mince his words. He, he will come out and say as it is. Plant, I, I've taken to Plant recently. Yeah. He's had it rough. Um, he's had a tough life. He, not saying that Canelo hasn't. This is nothing to do with that. I'm just speaking about Plant in general. He, he lost his daughter. He, he lost his mother. He's been through a lot, and he's come through. He's become a world champion. And, listen, credit to him for, for doing that. And... He's got a big task at hand here, but he's going about it the right way for me. I think not to say if you get on Canelo's nerves, you've got to stand a chance because he's going to get reckless. He's too professional for that in the ring, Dave. He's going to go in there. He's going to fight his normal fight. Maybe in his mind, he's going to think bad intentions. He's going to want to hurt Plant for that. But at the same time, listen, it makes the fight. And again, for Plant, it, it builds it for him. And 
it, it makes the fight more interesting for me, Dave. And like I said, a, a lot of people playing the fight down, saying it's going to be an easy fight. But listen, I, I think Plant's going to make it a better fight than people think. I think Plant's going to go in there. There's going to be moments where Canelo's going to find it tricky against him, Dave. And I don't think it's going to be a complete washout, complete blowout, go in there, get your man out there type of thing. Um, and listen, I... I think I think it will. I, I've thought about it a little bit more. I, I think I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a closer fight than, than Saunders Plant was, for example. Saunders and uh, Saunders and Canelo. Sorry, uh, Saunders and Canelo. At times, there were times where Saunders was doing very well, of course. But Plant, I think he can take it further. Whether he gets the stoppage or not, Canelo, that's another thing. But yeah, Dave, the, the most important thing here, the, the the fight has a bit of hype about it now. Even if people are just watching it for, for, for Canelo to not plant out because that, that that's made it more interesting for them, whatever, it doesn't matter, Dave. It, there's a bit more interest in the fight now. And we've seen, obviously, uh, Plant got the cut, Canelo pushed him, and so on. The sunglasses have ended up cutting his eye, and so on. Luckily, it's not too serious. Well, it doesn't look too serious enough uh, delaying the fight because that's the last thing we need, Dave. Yeah, Bloody yeah. another fight getting Fair delayed. enough for that but, yeah. shit. <laughs> But it adds to the spice, doesn't it, Dave? It makes the fight more interesting. And listen, the, the casual fans out there in the States who might not have really been interested in this fight, that's going to bring their interest. They're going to be scrolling through social media, seeing Canelo push him, seeing Plant react, seeing Canelo go in again. And that's going to bring their attention towards yeah. that fight. That's what they want to they want to see that WWE type stuff. And I'm not saying it was fake. It, it, like you said, Dave, there's some genuine anger there. These two don't like each other uh, because of the things they said. And Canelo made out, or, or, or he says it's because Plant called him a motherfucker and so on. Dave. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that. It's a build-up of everything. And yeah. Plant, as we know, he, he called him out on the ped situation and he made it very clear. He called him a cheater and he said about taking peds and so on. And and this and that, that stuck an owl in on Canelo yeah. as well. And, and just a build-up of everything. I think that's what made him react to that. Like I said, Plant's going to do that, and, he, and he's going to talk his crap. And listen, Saunders did a bit of it, but not in the same way Plant's doing it. And it is hitting home. We can see that. Um, we see him get a little bit angry against Saunders, but not not in this manner. So listen, bring it on, Dave. It, like I said, I think it will be a better fight than than most are making out. I still expect Canelo to win. I, he is the favourite, but. Listen, I'm looking forward to it, and and it, it's something else for us to look forward to in terms of boxing fans because we've had we've had some tough ones recently with fights being cancelled and so on. So, listen, bring on the big fights. We've got some real big ones coming up in the next few months, and the more the merrier, Dave. That's yeah, what I say. Yeah. But on to one more piece of news before we go back to the big fight this weekend, Dave. And I mentioned it earlier about Manny Pacquiao. Now he hasn't confirmed it, and his team haven't actually confirmed that he he has retired, but. The talk is that he has retired and it is looking ever so likely that that's going to be the case, Dave. So if if that is the case and he has retired, it's probably the right decision after that Ugas fire, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he he knows that he could go back in there against Ugas and I think the result will be the same, not because Ugas is a better fighter overall, just because Pacquiao's where he is now. He's not what he was five years ago he's not in you can't get that back that's not something you can train back into yourself if your reflexes are a bit slower if your timing's a bit slower you slow down a bit in your speed and your footwork and that's exactly what Pacquiao was all about he was fast he reactive and he was explosive and, and unfortunately they're some of their first things that go he's done well to get to the age he's at and still be able to perform the way he does because there's Still many fighters out there that he beat, but Pacquiao's not one to start drifting down the rankings and fighting lower level. He's, he's a world championship fighter, and unfortunately for him, he's just not got that anymore. He's got other things in life that he can focus his energy on. He's not going to be one of those where I expect to see him in five years' time coming back and trying to make a good comeback. I don't believe that we'll see that because of what he's got going on in the Philippines, his political career and... The writing's on the wall. He, he, he's not as good as said it, but he has as good as said it, if you know what I mean. He's running for president. He He's mentioned that his family have spoke to him about stopping fighting. And I think that that's usually a massive sway in a fighter's decision when the family are saying, 
look, maybe we should stop this now. Maybe, you know, we live very comfortably. We're never going to want for anything. We've got everything we could dream of. Why put yourself in these positions anymore? It's You're only ever one fight away from, from a serious injury. Every fighter is. So why keep pushing that risk? Which is only going to get greater as you get older. Just no sense in that anymore. You've done what you've achieved. He's fucking incredible. I don't think we'll see it for a, for a long, long time, if ever. It's unbelievable achievement. So let's call it a day. Let's wrap it up and and let's move on to chapter two in the, in the career of Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, and I think they there definitely is still a market for Pacquiao there. If he come out and thought he's still gonna do, he's still gonna do numbers. Oh, yeah. He's still gonna have sales and so on. But like you said, Dave, there's nothing left to prove. Yeah. He, he he got. He got beaten by the better man on the night in Usyk. Um, he got beaten by the better man on the night in Ugas. So let's be honest, you haven't got to come back and beat Ugas to prove anything. No. You haven't got to come back and try and get in there with a more dangerous fighter like a Crawford or a Spence to prove anything. Credit to man for even wanting to fight Spence at this stage of his career. But listen, you've done what you've done. Absolutely amazing career. Go and enjoy retirement. And look, you're getting into politics. If you become the president of your country, bloody hell, mate, <laughs> you, you've literally done it all, haven't you? <laughs> so, listen, good luck to him, whatever yeah. happens. If, if he does announce his retirement or if he doesn't, good luck to him. And like I said, Dave, it's been an unbelievable career and there's nothing left to prove. But let, let, let's go back to the big fight, Dave, this weekend and let, let's talk how we think the fight's going to go now. Um, we can give away our predictions here. We'll do the other predictions after. Um, but... How do you see this fight going, Dave? Is is Joshua gonna be too big or uh, too big and too strong for Usyk? Is it gonna be an Usyk masterclass, or is it gonna be a completely different fight to that? How do you see it going, Dave? Uh, I mentioned not so long ago when talk of this fight, uh, and I was one hundred percent Joshua. I said it's just too big. It's just fucking far too big for Usyk. He's gonna blast holes in it. But. Then you sit down and, and you take your initial reaction away and you start looking at the fighters. And I see that, obviously, we haven't got the weights for the fight yet. That'll be Friday night. But Joshua's looking physically smaller. And it's a double-edged sword, really. Of course, that's going to make him faster. His engine problems that we spoke of earlier are probably going to be less resonant on the night. But with that, you lose that physical weight advantage, which can play a massive part in in a fight. If you If you're bigger... You can push your, your opposition back. You can lean on them. You're obviously physically stronger. So it's a double-edged sword. There is positives to come from it, and there's negatives. People are talking about Usyk having to start quick. Don't necessarily see that as, as a must-do. Uh, I think Joshua, in his recent performances, has, has felt his way into a fight. He's not the Joshua of old, where he's gone looking to blast all straight away. And I'd be very surprised to see him do that on Saturday night. So I think they'll both mellow into the fight. You know, it's such a fight of this magnitude. We see it a lot. Fighters, they're human beings. The, 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 you know, the pressure gets to them. So they're not going to go out there all guns blazing. They're going to want to feel their way into the fight. I think if it goes to points, you've got to favour Joshua, not only because it's a matchroom sky card and, and, and AJ's the A-side. I just feel that he will be more eye-catching with his shots. I think that Usyk won't be as as happy to come forward and obviously take the power of Joshua. He's not going to be like he is with Dalboy, where he felt more comfortable on the inside for too long. So I think that at points has got to favour AJ, but I think that Usyk's got a window between sort of round six and round nine where AJ typically tires. We've talked about him losing weight, and that might not happen. I think Usyk will try body shots to try and increase how long AJ will be tired for and to, to decrease how long it takes him to get gassed. He'll try and take the wind out of him to get him there quicker. So I think we've got a good six, seven, eight, nine rounds, sort of that area, that the Usyk's window, if he's going to stop him, he's got to do it then. AJ, I, you mentioned it before, I see a Pulev-style performance. He's not going to want to risk it, is he? There's a lot riding on this fight. You lose this, yeah, you get the rematch. But it takes sort of the edge away from the undisputed, doesn't it? He's, he's lost to Usyk, and people are using it against him. And it, there's just a hell of a lot riding on this fight. In front of his home fans, Tottenham's going to be 
packed to the raft and he's going to be noisy. He's not going to want to fail. So he's going to have to fight a cautious fight, definitely. He's going to be on the back foot. Can't see him wasting too many shots. Very Pulev-esque, as you mentioned earlier. Of course, he'll choose moments. We, that uppercut will be a waste not to throw it because he's probably got one of the best uppercuts in the game. He's going to have to use that. And he's just got to be wary of Yuzik's body work and, and putting too much in too soon. He's going to have to imagine that this is a 12-round fight and to save enough energy to go the duration. If he manages to catch Yuzik and wobble him, then obviously take your shot, but don't overdo it because we've seen it before where you've gassed out. So I think, just to recap, six to nine, Yuzik's danger zone for me. AJ, Yuzik both slowly warm into the fight, but I think Yuzik will be the more eye-catching shots. He'll be looking to tie Yuzik up, and he'll be using that long-rangey jab and, and the occasional right-hand over the top to just try and get Yuzik to think again before he tries to step inside and unward. So, but I just can't see anything but a brilliant, brilliant fight. I really can't. So are you getting are you getting with Joshua on points to win this on points? No, no, sorry. Just to clear it up, I'm going Usyk stoppage. Usyk stoppage. Usyk right. stoppage. Second half of the fight. Sorry, yeah, I didn't make that clear. I'm just going out. Both of them could get to the victory, but yeah, my official prediction would be Usyk stoppage between six and nine. Be called out one day, but listen, big, big call. It's not out of the equation. I think. I think what there is to consider so many questions to consider about this fight, Dave, and you've just you've just covered a lot of them there. And listen, one of them is the judges. If it does go the distance, who are they going to favour? We know who they're going to favour if it's anywhere near close. Is is Usyk good enough to outbox Joshua over twelve rounds? Yes, of course he is. Um, is he good enough, or, or or will he be able to do it clearly enough for the judges to give it to him? It's a tough question to ask, Dave. He's going to have to win it very clearly. Yeah. It's going to have to be uh, another Gassier masterclass if, he, if he's going to nick it on the points for me because they're going to give it to Joshua. And I'm not saying that's how the fight's going to go. And honestly, I hope it doesn't go that way. And if Usyk does deserve to win it over 12, yeah. I really hope he gets the decision and vice versa. Um, but yeah, that that's one thing to consider for sure. We speak about the size and strength of Joshua. And yes, he's coming in a bit trimmer. And you've mentioned that, that, that of course, that's going to help him in the speed department. It's going to help him in the endurance department. Um, but I still think, no matter how light he comes in, I don't think he's going to be light enough um, for that to, to really, really favour Usyk in that department. Usyk, we know, has got a great engine. But things to consider, against the big heavyweight like Joshua, I know he's fought... Chisora, but against a big heavyweight like Joshua, who also has real power, and that right hand is going to take its toll. And obviously, like you said, Dave, leaning on him all night, it's going to have an effect on those legs. So can he come through that eight, nine, ten rounds and, and get in towards those later rounds and still have the engine like he normally does, Dave? That's going to be a big question. We know who's towards the end of fights, he, he, he does have a great engine. We've seen him against the likes of Hunter, Gassiev, where that 12th round, he's going to town, and you think, <laughs> how's he doing this in the 12th round? But can he do that against a big heavyweight like Joshua? Even if he is a little slimmer, he's still going to have those physical advantages. And I'm not saying that that that's going to be uh, the only factor in, in Joshua winning this fight. Um, Joshua is a better boxer than people give him credit uh, credit for. We've seen that in a few of his performances. Um, can he outbox Usyk fighting his fight? Maybe not, but who knows? That, that's what we're going to have to see. I think there's going to be a lot of jabs landed in this fight, Dave. Both of them are, are good at using their jab, and it's going to be it is going to be a very tactical battle for for long periods of this fight, Dave. And Usyk is going to have a period where he looks comfortable regardless of where he wins or loses i see him having that period where he looks comfortable and 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 joshua is going to have to have a bit of a rethink at times and he's not going to go gung-ho like we see in his, his earlier career where he was blasting guys out because he was going in there with guys he knew weren't really going to threaten him he's not going to do that so it is going to be very tactical dave but 
the, the, the physical side of things is going to play some part for me. It's not going to just be the determining factor, but it is going to play some part for me. And I, I'm, I'm interested to find the answers to these questions. Is Usyk going to be able to fight that normal fight that he does in the later stages of the fight against a big guy like Joshua? If he's taken a few of those big right hands, if he's felt the weight on top of him throughout those, are those legs still going to be there? And, and that's something he's going to have to prove. And obviously, David, he comes through and gets to those stages and he's still got that engine that we normally see. Joshua's going to find it difficult. Um, but can he get the stoppage, Dave? You're predicting the stoppage now. Of course, we wouldn't look at Usyk as having the sort of power that's going to scare Joshua. Has he got power? Of course he's got power. We've seen him stopping fighters before. It's not the way he usually wins fights, but he's capable of stopping guys, particularly guys like Joshua who might gas up. He's very capable of doing that. Whether or not he does, I don't know, Dave. Uh, I'm, I'm not so sure he has that power to stop Joshua in that way, but we didn't think the same with Ruiz. So, yeah. again, I'm not sitting on the fence with this one, Dave. I know I've just sort of deflected a few things there and, and gone maybe can, maybe can't, but I'm going to give my overall prediction. I'm not going to sit on the fence. I do think I do think that it, it is going to take his toll on Usyk, and I do think that the power and, and the strength of Joshua is going to help him on the way to victory. Um, and I think I'm, I'm tempted to go with the points decision based on the fact that he could get the decision whether he deserves it or not. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with a, a late stoppage for Joshua, Dave. I, I'm go I think he's it's going to take his toll in the later stages of the fight. It is a massive test for Usyk. But like I said, Dave, I think Usyk is going to show us his best here. Regardless of the outcome, I think both of these guys are going to come out of this fight looking good. Even if some people come out with the old nonsense, but Usyk's just a cruiserweight if Joshua wins it. But yeah, I think both guys will come out and it's looking good. Usyk's going to have his periods. It's going to be a tactical fight, but I think Joshua's going to get the stoppage towards the end of the fight. And listen, I can't wait for it, Dave. Obviously, I'm going to the fight. I'm buzzing for that. But it is a big fight. And yeah, there's so many questions to be answered in this fight. And... I just hope whatever happens, whoever wins, they, they get the full credit that they deserve for this one, Dave. And bring it on, mate. Bring it on. Just a few days away now. And, yeah, some exciting times coming up for boxing, as we've said, after some very, very frustrating times. But, Dave, we're going to finish with our predictions, as we always do. We've, we've just given our predictions for the main event. We're going to give our prediction for a few of the undercard fights. Not the best undercard, let's be honest, but... It's a massive main event, and people will complain about the pay-per-view price. It's got to happen. I'm not saying it, it, it's worth £25, but Joshua against Usyk, mate, that, that's a quality That's fight. what you're paying for, um, isn't it? Exactly. So, at the end of the day, that's the one we're looking forward to. Hopefully, we'll get a few decent fights on the undercard in terms of how they pan out. I'm not expecting them to be brilliant fights on the undercard, but sometimes on paper things don't quite look as good as what they turn out to be. So we'll see on that day. But we're going to finish with our predictions, as I said. Uh, we're starting a fresh prediction round now, Dave. Obviously, for those of you who have just started listening, myself and Dave go head-to-head -head with predictions every week. Um, we do 10-week periods, so whoever's got the most points at the end of the 10 weeks takes the lead or takes a point. Uh, we're both 1-1 at the moment. We're currently 1-1, so we're level. I, I just got myself back in it on the, on the last round, so... It's three points if you get the correct win and the correct method, and one point just for the correct winner. So we're going to start with this week. We've already given our prediction for the main event, Dave, but let's look at the co-main, another world title fight on there, Akoli against Prazovic. How did you see that one going, Dave? Yeah, Akoli mandatory. He's got to get this out of the way, and then I'm sure he's got <laughs> eyes further up the division. I've got massive hopes for Akoli. I do like him, obviously. He does get his criticism for a couple of fights way back when, but he, he's improving by by the fight for me. Every fight, he seems to be better. Much more aggressive last time out. I think he'll be buzzing to be on this card. 70,000 in Tottenham is going to be absolutely incredible. He's obviously a London lad himself, so he's going to have a lot of local support, and I think he'll not let anybody down. I see a stoppage win for Akoli. Yeah, of course, it's a mandatory challenge, Dave. He's looking towards those unifications with the likes yeah. of Bradis. And like you said, Dave, under Shane McGuigan now, he's looking a much yeah. better fighter. He's taken a lot of stick over the years coming through the ranks, but he's a world champion now. We know he's got that power. And under Shane McGuigan, he's able to use that. And he's not the ugly fighter we see. 
And I think he's going to make a statement in this one. He's going to want to make a statement in this one in front of a huge crowd on the big stage. And I can't see nothing but an Akoli stoppage, Dave. But how about Callum Smith's uh, 175 debut against Lenin Castillo? How would you see that game, Dave? Yeah, move up 175, a division that we love it. We love it domestically and, and it's got potential internationally as well if a couple of fighters would pull the finger out and start getting a bit more active. <laughs> Callum Smith will be a great addition there for me. I think he, he obviously did well at super middleweight and feels that, and I agree with him, he was just too big for the weight. That weigh-in against Canelo, he looked like a, a skeleton on there. He looked ill, and I'm not just saying that because of the way the fight panned out. I said it beforehand, I put shots on Twitter and said, this isn't looking, he looks so gaunt, it, you know, it, it takes its toll, especially as you get older, it must be harder to get down to their weights. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. Got Buddy McGirt in his corner now, which obviously he's got his personal decisions there. Begert's a great trainer. Uh, I can't see him stopping this lad. I've looked at this lad's record and he has been the distance with some good operators. And I think Callum will just be good to get the rounds in under his new coach at the new way. So I don't see a, uh, a problem going the distance. And I think he'll be happy to do so. And it, it'd just be good to get out there for him. He hasn't fought since that Canelo stoppage defeat. Uh, and I think he's, you know, he's going to be looking forward to, obviously, bigger nights going forward. But this is more just a, a feeler at the weight and, and to try some things under his new coach. Yeah, that's it, Dave. I'm interested to see him in the division. And, of course, this fight's not going to tell us too much. But like you said, interested to see how he goes with Buddy McGirt as well. And I'm with you on on, on the decision win. It's a 10-rounder. I, I yeah. don't think he's going to make a real statement, but it's going to be a good feeler. We, we've seen Castillo against Bibble a few years. That's right. Back, yeah. That one went the distance. He did get dropped. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's going to go in there. Comfortable victory, but it, it's not going to be fireworks. And we'll just have to see how he goes going forward. But let, let's see what changes have been made, of course. Completely different fight to the Canelo fight. So, uh, good opportunity for him up at 175 pounds. It, it's not it's not an easy division by any stretch of the imagination for him. So, going up there and becoming a two-weight champion is not going to be a breeze. But uh, I'm sure he's going to get the opportunities up there. So, good luck to him. And, and let's see how we can recover from that defeat against Canelo. Uh, but, Dave, um, we're going to leave it there. That is a wrap. Um, of course, we, we can't wait for this fight at the weekend, Dave, and, and, and the next few weeks with the fights coming up. So I'm hopeful it's going to be an absolutely brilliant night with myself being there. But listen, boxing fans should be excited over the next yeah. few weeks. And like I said earlier, Dave, you're not excited about these fights. You're just like, why do you even <laughs> watch boxing? Just, just stop. <laughs> stop trying to be that person on social media that's Mr. Grumpy and just yeah. has to be the one to put everything down. Let, when when there's positives in boxing, let's smile about them. Yeah. Let, let, let's praise them. And listen, this fight for me is one I'm really looking forward to. So, Dave, you got any final words, mate? Yeah, just if you're watching on YouTube, you can see us. Brilliant. Uh, hit that subscribe button because we're going to be uploading every week on there and going forward. We've got some big plans, so hit that subscribe button. And even if you're not watching on YouTube, you're just listening. If you can get over to YouTube and hit subscribe anyway, that'll be fantastic. And I hope everybody has a good night Saturday night. I don't want my face rubbing in it if Joshua does win. <laughs> this is one of those fights where I don't care who you are. It's just one of them. Anybody can win this fight. So just enjoy it. And, and hopefully it lives up to this massive expectation we've put on it. Yeah, I can't wait for it. And I hope everyone at home is, is thinking the same thing as well. Uh, been a bit of a struggle for me getting for it today. I'm a little under, <laughs> under the weather at the minute. And hence why we're, we're a bit late recording this. But um, buzzing for the weekend. I'll be fighting fit, ready for that. And yes. listen, not um, jealous. Enjoy the not boxing. <laughs> enjoy the, I'm not missing that. So enjoy <laughs> your weekend. Uh, or enjoy the week. Enjoy the boxing. Take care. Have a good one.